Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today I'm pleased to be joined by Susanna Goggins, a student at the University of Kentucky. Welcome, Susanna. Hello. So today we are continuing a conversation about a collection of essays that are um, in a book entitled The Cancer Crisis in Appalachia, Kentucky Students Take Action. And I want to start before we go too deep into your essay and the subject matter covered is I first ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Susanna Goggins. I'm a junior here at UK. My major is human nutrition, but I have a bio minor and I'm also pre-med. And I am originally from Paintsville, Kentucky. Okay, and you are enrolled in a program at the University of Kentucky called the Appalachian Career Training in Oncology Program. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Could you just tell me briefly about that and how you became part of the program? So the program focusing focuses mainly on... Um, research, shadowing, and education on cancer. So I became interested in the program. Dr. Vanderford had come to my high school my senior year to speak about it. And then I remember the program whenever my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer the summer before my sophomore year. And I remember he had talked about cancer in eastern Kentucky, and I just kind of wanted to figure out more about cancer in eastern Kentucky and why it was such a big concern in my area. So then I reached out to Dr. Vanderford, and that's how I originally got involved in the program. And you mentioned Dr. Nathan Vanderford, who is the director of the Appalachian Career Training in Oncology program. And um, he leads students through through this program. And one assignment that you all had as um, part of being participants was to develop an essay. And I actually kind of have a little bit of a prompt for the essay in front of me. But um, it says that students were given a simple, nondescript prompt. They were told to write an essay of about 2,000 words that would briefly introduce themselves describe their personal experience with cancer, explain why they think cancer impacts Kentucky so harshly, and discuss why they, what they think can be done to address Kentucky's cancer epidemic. And today you've joined us to specifically discuss um, your essay that is part of um, the book being released, and it is called Malignancy in the Mountains. And I'm going to say in our listeners know, or that may have um, listened to our previous podcast that we've recorded in this specific series, that I'm originally from eastern Kentucky and that um, the essay central or center around Appalachia and students from Appalachia. And so just as I began reading your essay, I, I, I could really and truly just kind of feel where you were and, and where you're from and um, start to to kind of 
become vested in your story, but you started talking talking about generations of my mom's family are buried in a tiny graveyard on top of a hill in Redbush, Kentucky. And although many of my relatives moved away through the years, my grandparents and other family members remain in Redbush. And you go on to talk about that even though you lived in the town next door, that you've always considered Redbush home and how much the people in the Redbush community means to your family, but especially during a time of crisis. And I think that that's so true about the culture of Eastern Kentucky or the culture of Appalachia, that um, just small communities truly are families. And so I would I would invite you to tell us a little bit about about your story and the essay that you have written. Um. So yeah, I mean, a big part of it is about how in Eastern Kentucky there is such a strong community. And I go through talking about my mom's story, essentially. She was diagnosed. It all happened very fast. She was. I came home from college. It was after my freshman year. And then she was diagnosed in May. And then she went through her um, treatments, essentially, that summer. She was lucky, and it was stage 1A. So she went through six chemotherapy treatments, and so far it's been all good ever since. But it was kind of incredible, the support that we got through the community. It seemed like my mom, um, like everywhere I went, like people were like talking to me about it. They were offering like anything I needed or our family needed for help. It was it was amazing. So I just talk about kind of my family's journey through all of this through that summer and how also how I've seen so much cancer in eastern Kentucky. And I think it's kind of odd. It seems that it's more common there. And so your mother in particular had ovarian cancer. Do you care to tell us a little bit about how she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer? So she got diagnosed through ovarian cancer because every single year her and my grandma would go um, and get screened for ovarian cancer through UK's free ovarian cancer screening program. So this program is um, free for women over 50 And so that's just something that my mom and grandma did every year. And it was my mom's fourth year. And they just, they noticed um, some abnormal results. And then she went back and she got tested. And then they decided she needed a hysterectomy. But they thought it was just like, it was very like small abnormal results. They thought it probably wouldn't be anything. We're just going to be safe. And then it turned out that there was a small tumor in her ovary. And so they were able to... Um, get the tumor out, and then she still had to undergo chemotherapy because it was a grade three tumor. So, so as I as I read your essay and I read your story, and you talked about the ovarian cancer screening program, and in here you said that my grandma had heard about it through her local homemakers group that she attends, and with homemakers, you're referring to the Kentucky Extension Homemakers Association, which is part of the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension mm-hmm. Service that works very closely with Family Consumer Sciences, and that is um, a program that that is available for individuals that might be interested in learning more about it or reaching out that we've previously recorded a podcast on the ovarian cancer screening program and the work of the Kentucky Extension Homemakers in encouraging screening at the local level. And um, some extension offices, as you mentioned, make um, screenings available locally, and as well as other extension offices may um, coordinate opportunities for individuals to ride together to come to Lexington to be screened. So if our listeners are interested in learning more about that program or um, how to, to reach out for those potential screening opportunities, we will link that podcast in in our show notes um, as as a follow up, and so I just wanted to make certain that I mentioned that. But then also, um, 
would like to ask you to continue to tell us a little bit um, about about your story in terms of not only how the screening occurred and the diagnosis, but um, also through treatment and how much the local community meant to your family during treatment. So um, treatment, we did have to go to Lexington for every treatment. So, you know, that was, it's about a two hour drive. So a little bit of, a little bit of a burden through traveling. But the main thing is, is, um, so my mom was at home most of the time through her treatment. So it was like me and my dad that were out in the community and the amount of people that would just like come up to us and just offer their support or they would offer food. My um, younger sister is disabled. She has pretty severe cerebral palsy. And so people were really good about offering anything they could help with her since my mom wasn't able to take care of her as much as she um, was when she was well. And that just meant a lot to my family and my mom. I mean, even just like talking about family in particular, they went and they made T-shirts about ovarian cancer awareness. It was for sure, um, it made people definitely more aware of the ovarian cancer screening program because we began kind of just promoting it accidentally because we were just saying what happened. And people began like messaging my mom saying like, thank you so much for like telling me about this. I'm going to go get screened. So it was really cool to see the community just kind of pull together and help my family out a little bit. And I think that that's a neat connection there that you're making as well about that this experience has led other individuals within your community to be screened. You talked in your essay about some of the barriers for individuals, um, especially in more remote or rural areas, of being able to seek health care or pre-screening opportunities or even follow-up care. Would you care to touch on those a little bit? So one thing that I've noticed while shadowing it in um, my local hospitals is that the doctor has to ask the patient, like, how do you get here? Do you live far away? And questions like that, because traveling can be a big burden on some people. For instance, the community my grandparents were living in, we were talking about earlier, Redbush, is about 30 minutes from town. And so that's just from one hospital, which doesn't have every single resource. So I think, like, the main reason that there's some some of a burden to getting um, preventative screening in eastern Kentucky is because everything is so spread out. Some people can't drive. Some people don't have a car. They might only have one car for a family, so someone has to take the car to work, and they can't just take it to a doctor's appointment. And it's hard to prioritize screenings because you don't even know if something's wrong yet. So it's like if you go to the doctor if you're sick to get better, but like it's harder to prioritize going to the doctor to see if you are sick because it feels like everything's fine. So um, as we begin to wrap up today, I'm kind of curious from the student perspective because I've uh, given a tremendous amount of assignments to students, and I know that most individuals can relate to whether in high school or college or in some other program of having an assignment that a teacher gives them. And, you know, typically we're just doing that for the grade, right? <laughs> so can you share a little bit about um, your thoughts on this this assignment, this essay being turned into something, something bigger? And I will say for our listeners that I've had the opportunity to um, read the series of essays, and they, they really and truly are, are very moving. And it's um, you can just hear the writer's voice as you're reading them. And each story is just very, very well written and I think speaks to the reader. It was definitely a lot different. So when you write an essay for a grade, I only count on the teacher reading it and no one else. Right. But writing a personal story for 
everyone to read is a lot different. It was um, you have to just like think about how other people could be reading it, how they could be portraying it, and you have to also be thinking about the message that you're sending because you want to send the right message to the audience. And so you mentioned at the very beginning that you're pre-med. What are your next steps? What are, what are your goals in the coming years? So I'm hoping, obviously, to go to medical school. But the two specialties that I'm looking into right now, which very well could change, but I have an interest in oncology, which has been driven a lot through my experiences in action. And I also have some interest in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Excellent. Susanna, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, the name of the book that we've been discussing is The Cancer Crisis in Appalachia, Kentucky Students Take Action. And for our listeners that may be interested in reading the essays, the book will be available on Amazon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts Cancer Conversations. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu.